Welcome to Screenplaying. My name is Jared Robinson. And my name is Brian Murray. Yeah, so... This is, this is, this is our podcast. Sometimes. Sometimes Sometimes we do this Other times it's not. Other times it's... Uh, Other times it's other people's podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we share. We we actually rent it. Yeah, (laughs) we rent this. So, what we do on the show, um, if you're not familiar, which I promise you you're not, um, we take movie title and ideas and make... Beautiful, just just wonderful little prompts out of them. Or prompts, no, we take little, uh, what are they called? We t- what do you call them in the, the movie business? The, <laughs> what you, you call them what uh, saying? The, a pitch, that's what There you we, go. We take the prompts, we turn them into pitches. So, yeah, that's basically what we're doing is, is we collect pitches from the deep recesses of our brains and try to turn them into fully-fledged movies. Yeah, of course. Um... And, you know, then we go over to uh, Access Hollywood and TMZ and pitch them our movies. Yeah, <laughs> those are really good. <laughs> those are movie production really good, companies. Really good movie production companies. <laughs> um, top tier, really. Um, All right. Yeah, let's just... Let's, uh, let's go. Let's start. You got the prompts here. I'm just, I'm just sitting. Okay, so this week is, is going to be a rough one. These ones are not very refined. No. They're, they're not even very good. But we do have this week a very reliable random title generator, which would be super interesting. Which has already churned out some, some pretty good prompts, uh, <laughs> which I'm really happy with. But I think, first off, I should go with one that we can't really spend a whole lot of time on, oh, no. but I really love it. Okay. Uh, and this one is just called Panic at the Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which I think is like a Triangle Shirtwaist Factory kind of story about like, oh, a Crisco factory that burns down. Oh, I was thinking more of like... A documentary about... Have you seen, have you seen Chef? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen Chef, but I'm familiar with uh, John Favreau's uh, beautiful... Oh, yeah. Because I have seen Chef. You have seen Chef. And I could make a whole podcast about it myself, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, but pretty much, it, I'm thinking of something similar to that. <laughs> um, I think would be super... Be super entertaining, but um, but yeah, no, I guess I guess it could be a, like a triangle, or it's just a, a documentary about how much Brendan Yuri really loves Crisco and like sort be. of shortbread cookies. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Let's let's go into this next one. Though. Yeah. Okay. So this next one, I was watching Daredevil. Hmm. Um. The show. I hope. Well, yeah, I wasn't just watching a man. No, the, there's a movie. Oh, with Ben Affleck. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So Ben Affleck was Daredevil, and now he's Batman. Um. And that's more just a fact. That's not really <laughs> anyway. It's more power than one man should have. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if any other movie star has done that, where they just play like, well, hey, Patrick Stewart was, uh, I was just about to say Patrick Stewart was Ryan Spock. Reynolds was also um, Deadpool Green twice. Oh, he was. He was. Oh, yeah. Ian McKellen was uh, Gandalf and Magneto. Was he really? Did you oh, not know that? No, I did. I just <laughs> never thought about it. Those yeah, are like two separate people in my mind. It's a weird, weird thing with him. It's a weird world. So I'm going to throw this one at you, okay. Bird Punisher. Oh, no. <laughs> Bird Punisher? Yeah. Oh, wow. Go oh, ahead man. and unpack I'm, that one. I'm having, like, you know, flashbacks to last episode with, with Batman and Robin. Oh. Well, this doesn't but have instead to be... Of like, instead of, like, you know... Don't don't confine it to just Punisher, like Frank Castle Punisher. Like, okay. like sort of make it, like, this could be a man who punishes birds. That's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. This could be a bird that punishes other birds in the vein of Frank oh, Castle. You could, you could go a thousand different ways with Bird Punisher, and he'd want you to. Okay, so... Oh, man, I like the concept of a bird punishing other birds. <laughs> I like the idea of just a really spiteful man just kicking pigeons. That'd be good, too, though, but... This bird is turned on his on his own species. <laughs> That's know? a good point. That's there's That's some complicated ethics there. <laughs> I mean, what's next? He's gonna go to KFC. You know, I don't want that. Why would he do that? Well, uh, why would he? Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, like he eats other birds. It's because <laughs> he's eating so, other birds. What kind of bird are you imagining here? Because I'm imagining a pigeon. Because I imagine this is like oh city. yeah, I'm thinking like a pigeon or like. Like a little blue... What are those bluebirds? Bluebird? It's just They're a just called bluebirds. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Just like a little bluebird. Or yeah, a pigeon, I suppose. Does this person... I mean this bird. Does yeah, this bluebird... Bird bird person. <laughs> <laughs> bird person. 
a dick move. Does this bird person uh, have an SMG? It's just a bird. Well, yeah, it's not but, a bird person. Okay, does this bird have an SMG if you want to no, get technical? No, no, he does it in practical bird ways. He punishes these other birds. Like, like by hitting them? Yeah, he could. He could <laughs> hit them. Yeah, he or could. Like, like, um, when, uh, like, like old people, like, throw, like, bread out. Um, he just steals all the bread. Like, he, he does really subtle. <laughs> he just puts, like, a net around <laughs> and all the other birds are like, come on, Jerry, the fuck, dude? Yeah, it, he does it in really subtle ways. He's not a very violent bird, but... So he's just, like, so he's just a dick? He's just a dick bird. <laughs> <laughs> Private investigator dick bird. Oh, boy. That's a, whole oh, that's a fun concept, too, though. That a, is. Of an investigator bird. Like <laughs> yeah, a bird detective. I feel like that's already been done, oh, but I have no idea. Like it a has. little bird with like a Sherlock Holmes hat. Yeah, that's Wait, been done. It has, right? Like I'm, I'm not crazy. I don't know where. I don't know either. I'm just imagining like the that's rescuers. That's just like one of those things where it's like you see it and all around. Did you ever watch the the rescuers? No. The uh, or the rescuers down under. I think one of those was the original. One of them was a sequel, or it was just the full title of the movie. It was about like mice who did shit. I don't remember. I, I watched the watched the movie. Mice. Yeah, mice. Mice and rats who are, like, going around trying to save things. I don't actually remember because I saw that movie when I was very, very young. But there's, like, a half frame of, like, uh, pornography in it, like Tyler Durden style. Like, somebody just stitched in, like... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's a thing. I just want... I'm just telling you I want a bird with a detective hat. I he also, doesn't even have to solve crimes. They, people like think he does, you know? Do you physically want a bird with a detective hat? Because oh, I can yeah. I can hook you up with that. Oh, okay. Do you know some people? Machete track star. Mach- mm, <laughs> machete track star. There's foul play going on, right? Like, for sure. There's no doubt. Machete track star. Mach- <laughs> I... This may be difficult to uh, decode, considering this is a, uh, a podcast without any visual aid. But Brian, but Brian has just whipped out a DVD of Blade Runner while saying Machete's track star. Which is a really good visual to have, I think. Yeah. Oh. Uh, let's just break down Machete track star with no previous connotation. Yeah, no, I, that's what, I, what made me think of it. But Machete track star can be a whole different oh, yeah. movie. Um, I'm just thinking, like... You know, this foul play going on with this track star. He's going to, like, the Olympics, and, like, this guy's, like, huge competition with him. Like, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat this guy, but I so do have a machete. A machete. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a machete, and that man, he does not. <laughs> and he kills him before the, before the run. Or maybe after, I don't know. When I was thinking about this, okay. I just imagined, like, like, a Mickey Rourke kind of character, where he's just kind of dirty and disheveled. Uh, just, like, sprinting down, like, a track <laughs> with a machete, like, after people. Oh. So he's kind of, like, he's not participating. Oh, he this. is. He's, oh, a, he's, yeah. he's a runner. <laughs> oh. Because I was thinking he was more of motivation for said race, you know? Well, yeah, but, like, why would he stay on the track? You know, if he's trying to kill everybody <laughs> on the track, you can just go diagonal. They can't do that. Not if they want to win. Well, no, he's just getting paid to be, like, you know, motivation for these runners. Oh, it's like when you have the, the like... Cardboard cut out of the rabbit during dog races. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just him in the back with a machete, yeah. just running after people. Yeah, but I feel like a car would be. What's this man's backstory? Why does he do this? Um, he just he just needs some money. Well, uh, who's paying him? For this? <laughs> uh, pre- presumably, like the Olympic company. What the Olympics is a is a company? Is it a brand? Is it? Just I don't know a- if worldwide coalitions like. I honestly, I have no idea how that works. Yeah. Like, do they just have? Is there an? I think there's an Olympics committee. Okay. Where they're like, where are we gonna have it? Oh my god, that can you imagine that? It's like it's like your high school clubs, but like (laughs) a thousand times, like a hundred thousand times, where they're just like, no, I want to be the president of the Olympics. (laughs) You understand what I mean? That'd be tough. I don't know how the Olympics work, but presumably whoever's children Olympics. Children. (laughs) I feel like that's a thing already. Child what? Olympics? No, that's the Special Olympics. No, I no, it's not, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> oh, what were you talking about? I'm just talking about children, like, participating. Oh, okay, they can do that. They can be in the Olympics, I think. They can? I think so. I don't know. Are there age ranges? Well, I know... Wasn't, you remember that, like, that young, that young girl in, yeah, the, in Russia? in Russia in the she 70s. She was the gym, gymnast? The gymnast 70s Russian girl. Yeah, she was, like, nine. No, she's 12. Oh. Or maybe 14. 
Do they have age rate? Age rage? Do they have age rages? For, uh, age ranges. Age ranges um, for like gymnastics and stuff. I maybe like the age of specific toy. This hey. is not the point of the podcast. Yeah, I was just gonna, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, hey, why are we talking about the Olympics? <laughs> let me let me hit you with a with another prompt because okay. so far these these have been kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Um, so let's go with <clears throat> this one. Might 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 take us a long time. This one might take us absolutely no time at all. But it's the first one I thought of for this episode. Okay. A young med student. This is a prompt, by the way, oh, not the title, because okay. yeah. you know. No, I wanted to be the. <laughs> Just a young med student. A young med student discovers that the secret to a great pasta dish is human flesh. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I immediately think of, like, a Dexter scenario where he's working inside the system, right, to get what he wants. See, that, I was thinking there are very, there are two very distinct also, ways that you can go about this. Also, this is definitely a show, right? You think so? I think so, because, um, again, because I'm just, like, I think you're right, like, he's dodging detectives and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think this and could not be a very show. long show, only, like, a season, maybe two. Um, cause there's, there's only so long. Do the Hannibal thing where it's, like, just three seasons and then that's it. Yeah, cause, like, you can only go so long. With him eating human flesh, you know, someone's mm-hmm. gonna find out eventually. Yeah. Um, Especially if he wants to share his secret. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking there, there are two very different ways that you could go about this. Um, you could do like a really dark thing where it's like he is just incredibly messed up and like is performing an autopsy and like puts human flesh in a pot of boiling water with some spaghetti. Uh, um, I don't know. I feel I want him to be like. Or it could be like really lighthearted and it's yeah. just like. Hey, I got this crazy pasta. I, I don't know why that would be a That'd be a good one. That'd be our thumbnail. <laughs> but as I said, I've got this crazy pasta. It's crazy. Um, no, I think like I want it to be. In, I want it to be an innocent discovery, right? Because it's like this, okay. it's this innocent, kind of shy, scared med student. And he's ooh, like, ooh, played by. Um, Oh, who's the guy? Not, uh, maybe Nick Holt? I'm not familiar. He's in Warm Bodies. Oh, okay. I was thinking about, like, somebody, some, like, halfway between him and, and I was gonna say John Cena, Michael Sarah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I, there's an actor I feel there, like but Michael Sarah's maybe a little too. Oh, uh, yeah. But I don't know. Michael it's like Sarah Michael Sarah could not be a, a med student. Like, you can't, <laughs> like, like, he's not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But someone, like, a Michael, a version of Michael Sarah that could, I think even a really innocent looking Dane DeHaan could do something like this. Oh, don't, don't mention Dandy Han <laughs> on this. I'll have to focus. Oh, I had actually, Dandy Han would actually be pretty good for this role. I think. Yeah. Uh, he, he plays he plays messed up people. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think yeah. he's like a... It wants to be like a little bit lighthearted, really right? innocent and lighthearted, but I think Dandy Han could do a really interesting character development where he becomes very messed up at the end. I think so, too. But um, I think he should be kind of lured into this this whole cannibalism by someone else that's way more I really by like by like not maybe not like a teacher but uh, someone he looks up to and they're like try this pasta and he's like okay long pig <laughs> and he's like oh this is like good ground beef you got in this spaghetti and, and he's like yeah that's that's it's some delicious good, spaghetti it's good ground beef wink you know wink wink yeah because it's it. human flesh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then like, and then he finds out, and he's like, "Why are you feeding this to me?" But then he's like he's laying down, and he's thinking about it. He's like, that was the best pasta I've ever had. <laughs> and then he starts to try it, and I thought like it would just be like super innocent, where it's like, "Oh no, this autopsy is due tomorrow." I don't, <laughs> I don't know how med school works. And then he's like, "But I, also, my mom and Mia wants this Italian dinner prepared by by tonight. What am I gonna do?" And he like. Like accidentally, like pour some human meat into the fucking meatballs. That's what I want. You're right. That's exactly what. Because this is definitely a comedy. I think it like has a to very be. dark comedy. Yeah. And like he's like, he's like, oh, long nights uh, in the autopsy room. I don't know what they're called. And he's like, he's like, the I, autopsy got, room. I got this autopsy due tomorrow. I'm just gonna use these little Bunsen burners in, in the autopsy room <laughs> to boil some, some delicious spaghetti. Yeah, and he's like, I gotta make this spaghetti. I'm so hungry. I gotta bring some home for my mom, but I also gotta finish this autopsy for school tomorrow. Why are they leaving him alone with a dead body? Yeah, I know. He's, how does med school work? It doesn't matter. It's what a comedy. He, is, do they just hand you a body and say, figure out how this guy died? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's how school. That's how forensics works. Yeah, right? that's how forensics works. But. 
Yeah, and then he ends up cooking some good spaghetti. I think that's the end of that. Uh, wait, real quick, what should we name it, though? Oh, um... Home, <laughs> home style. Home style recipes. <laughs> um, it's fine. Uh, home, home cooked. Oh, this, we can't, we can't do this. <laughs> um, what's, a, what's, the, what's the name of some pasta? Uh, oh, could we add Al Dente to the title somehow? Al Dente. His name's Al. Oh, what if it is? Alright, well, we don't need a title right we now. We don't. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking, I was gonna say Flesh Crow, because Fresco <laughs> is a type, but Fresco is not a type of flesh. Pasta. Flesh Crow just sounds like an Edgar Horror. I don't know, you know. It does. And uh, what? An Edgar. Like Alan Poe. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did just say the phrase Edgar Horror to me. Yeah. I guess that's not a thing, is it? No. Well, it is now. Okay. You knew what I meant. Well, okay. So for the next one, mm-hmm. it's also not very good. But Bottle Factory Favorites. Bottle Factory. Bottle Factory Favorites. Okay. Yeah. Try to chew, chew on that one for a little while. Chew on that delicious flesh spaghetti. Oh, man. Can we call the movie that? Flesh spaghetti? Flesh spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're doing that. That's All right, it. flesh spaghetti. Just like fresh. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. Yeah, I know. But I did. I mean, I, I guess we could just that. call it flesh pasta. Flesh but pasta. I don't think a lot of people would get that. I no. think they would just go, this is a weirdly descriptive title, <laughs> rather than getting the pun of fresh no, pasta. No, I, I think flesh pasta is perfect. Subway. No, that's a stupid... I know, it's, it's a really <laughs> old, it's an old, old joke. Alright, what, what was this? Oh, Bottle Factory Favorites. Bottle Factory Favorites. I don't have anything. I don't really have anything for it either. Bottle Factory Favorites. But I think it's something to do with a bottle factory. No way. <laughs> <laughs> um... And I think it might just be like a series of like short films about a bottle factory. Oh yeah, okay. Where it's just like, like just they all kind of take place minutes. in here, and it's all like or personal like, vignettes, like they're like style. The, in, those intermission episodes between shows on like Nickelodeon or something. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah, I think that'd be good. But I, I don't know what happens. It's just a bottle factory. And well, I think it's kind of be like kind of like Clerks, where it's sort of these personal vignettes, and then they all kind of converge. Oh, okay. I, I never saw Clerks. <laughs> well, I knew what you meant. Okay. Let's go on this. A father uses a series of flashbacks to recount a horrible food poisoning incident. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. I think this is the sequel to, to Flesh Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he. Okay. Can you say that one more, one more time? A father uses a series of flashbacks to recount a horrible food poisoning incident. So imagine how this I made This is a short mother. film. Because that is the first line of the description of how this I made This is a mother. short film. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm thinking. Okay. Who is like, he recounting this to? Because, like, you could do, like, the whole, like, How I Met Your Mother, every episode is, like, a flashback kind of thing. Or you could just do a short film where he's just, like, he's waking, he just woke up, and he's like, I have the worst food poisoning ever. And then it's like, we tell this story kind of backwards. Oh, and you kind of find out what it's from, mm-hmm. like, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would what would it be from? Well, I think it's got to be that his coworker has uh, poisoned him, hoping that he would die, so he gets the position instead of him. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So I think we have to kind of lead up to that, like memento style. Lead up to like, well, it can't be too big of an event because his mind would first go there, so it'd have to be something subtle. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would just have to be like, there's he's at the annual potluck. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, what is a potluck? I think it's like why is it called a potluck? I don't know. I think it's just like I'm trying to make connections between what it means and the word. I, I, I honestly, can't I, I have no idea. This prompt is not really doing much for me. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I liked it as a short film and I, as a short. I think it pitch. really. I, I I don't think we can have really like any huge story beats in it. I think it no. actually just has to be a short. Yeah, film. Yeah, it would have to be a short film. Um. Okay. So hold on, I'm gonna start reading these prompts now. Oh, okay. I think I, I should. Uh, mm, there, are, if, there are some that are not good at all, and I need you to know that. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so you asked me who Dick Dale is. <laughs> I, did, I did ask you who Dick Dale is. And I don't know. Do you want to let me know? Dick Dale is a musician who uh, pioneered what is called surf guitar, which you've heard it before. It's it's like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Meow! Yeah. That's surf guitar to me. But <laughs> you understand. worst. But you, you get yeah, it. I you get know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you going to read that, bro? Mm-hmm. 
Wacky Misadventures of World Famous Surf Guitarist Dick Dale. Um, that was one that. Uh, no, see, no. I liked I liked this prompt before I knew who. Did. <laughs> I understand because I was thinking he was surfing <laughs> and playing. Guitar. That's no, what I thought. <laughs> not, sur- <laughs> not surfing on a guitar, but surfing while playing the guitar. Well, that's what I meant. Not yeah. surfing on a guitar. Uh, well, it would. It's just a fun visual. That to prompt have. was uh, one that. Uh, our friend Derek came up with. Oh. Uh, that was not me. It's still pretty good. <laughs> and I had to ask him who Dick Dale is. Um, all right. Can you re- read out the, the three letter, the three letter, the three word one that we got from that movie generator? Sure. Um, <laughs> hold on. I really like this one first. Okay, go ahead. Having it like a fly. <laughs> I, wanted to, I'm thinking of, I wanted to save that one because it's so fucking good. I want, okay. I'm thinking it, I'm thinking of, um... The Fly, the movie. Having it like a fly. <laughs> right? You go... You, oh, boy. Yep. You turn into a fly, kind of. Well... I do? It's, it's a, no, not you. It's like the movie The Fly, similar to... Mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum? It could be. But... It was Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. He'd be in the yeah, one of their... Yeah. Yep. Um, and, man, I don't know. Like, because it could be fly like the insect. Flies are what? Yeah, yeah. Of course they're they're not mammals. Why do we have one of those? Why do we have one of those every episode? Last year, last year, last week it was Snoopy. You did. Why do we have one of those? All I just I think of flies as their own. Oh yeah, insects, mammals, flies. Flies are reptiles. They're amphibious, actually. No, they're not. They're spiders, though. So eight legs, man. Right. So what is having it like a fly about? Also, arachnids is... Huh? Never mind. <laughs> so, um, having it like a fly, it could be like a literal fly, like the insect, or a fly, like, you know, in, in the sense of f- soaring. Taking the flight. I see. Um, so having it like a fly, you know, I thought I had something, but I don't. But it's really fun to think of that. <laughs> having it like a fly. I really love the idea of, of Jeff... Goldblum in another movie about flies, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This we're doing this one. I, I this is a very long endeavor we're about to go down. Um, in or- <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't remember this one. <laughs> in orphanage revolution. <laughs> <laughs> an orphanage revolution. Okay. Which I'll is watch. basically just Matilda. I'm ready to settle down on this one for a little bit. Okay. Let's uh let's talk. All right. So an ev- uh uh. An Orphanage Revolution... Have you seen the movie The Orphan? No. Okay, it's like a... <laughs> it's like a hot... It's a, I'm pretty sure it's a horror... If I'm thinking of the right movie, I, don't, I might have missed... Like, I might have not gotten the title right. But basically, it's this movie about this girl that goes into an orphanage. And they're like, oh, look at this young, innocent girl. And then she starts, like, killing people. It's kind of crazy. Oh, I rem- yeah, yeah, I remember this movie. But she's not actually a child. She's like an adult. Like a, f- she's, but she's just, she's a tiny adult. She's a tiny adult. I don't know if she's actually like a small human or if she's just like, I don't know if she, I, what I'm telling you is I don't know if she had, I never watched the movie. I just, oh. I've heard the concept, so I don't know about the details of this small person, but it's basically, she's like, I don't know, I guess like in her twenties or thirties, mm. but she's, she looks 12, I guess. She's just like me. And so basically, <laughs> basically, I think an orphanage revolution starts with that person. Instead of it being a horror, it's like, let's rise up. Honestly, there's another prompt in there um, that is pretty good that we might want to return to later. Okay. But. Is it that one? No, it's, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That one oh. could be this movie. Oh, you, would you like to reveal to the audience what no, this is? No, think, you want to save that one for later? I don't think this one could be. I don't think that one could be. Okay, well, I think not Not a horror movie. Okay. Well, I'm just going to reveal it anyway now because I have to just say. Well, all right, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do it. Hold on. We'll, let's just get rid of this Orphanage Revolution real quick because we is have. Is this a lighthearted movie? Um, oh, most well, certainly. How lighthearted are we talking about? Are we talking about this prompt now? No, I'm talking about the Orphanage. Oh. Oh, no, it's not. 
It's not? Oh, it's very dark. Because I was thinking it would be lighthearted, and it would be directed by that director. No, it would not be. It would be a Christopher Nolan-esque revolution. Holy shit. Orphanage revolution. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. That's the only way. Because you'd kind of expect that to be lighthearted, right? Children. Yeah. It's Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. But no. I mean, not that Matilda's, like, super lighthearted. No, but... Remember that time when uh, Matilda gets put in a closet that is full of spikes, and if she moves, they will stab her? (laughs) Do you remember when that happens in that movie? That's kind of terrifying. And that book... Ooh, that's not good. Well, okay. I'm thinking like, but I'm I'm serious. I'm thinking like Christopher Nolan Revolution with these orphanage orphanins orphans orphanins orphanids orphanids insects mammals orphanids. The unwanted. Uh, so yeah. So I think that's what that would be, and I think that'd be really interesting. But I do want to move on to this prompt because we we've been keeping we it. we just we we've kept teasing it, and I think it was really unfair. Um, and this is, I mean, you you came up with this idea, and by came up with it, you mean I mean shamelessly stole it. Uh, I think I think Adris was the one who. Do we want to talk about Adris on this? No, we, no. We <laughs> so um, okay, so this is a Wes Anderson directed horror movie, which. Is not a, an original concept. Not not really at all. I mean, because the whole SNL skit. There's a whole <laughs> SNL skit, and it's always a joke people make because of, of Wes Anderson's style. Yeah, he's a very... lighthearted. Well, I wouldn't even call him lighthearted. Okay. I think his editing style is very lighthearted, and I think his, his direction is very lighthearted. But the subject matter and a lot of the stuff he does... Sure, yeah. Can be kind of dark. Yeah. And that's kind of why I like him. Yeah. I mean, you haven't seen Budapest Hotel yet. I haven't seen which Budapest is, Hotel. I feel... I haven't seen very many Wes Anderson films, mm-hmm. but if you're comparing his two two or three most popular, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. Budapest Hotel, and Moonrise Kingdom, Budapest Hotel, I feel, is definitely, like, darker in tone. Really? From all of those. It, it involves, like, a prison, and, like, the, there's a lot going on in that, in that <laughs> film that, that brings out a lot of darker tones that Wes Anderson, I feel like, hasn't mm-hmm. explored too much. Um, I have a question. Do you remember the uh, that music video? Well, that that song, Riptide. No. Okay, never mind then. Okay. Because I was thinking about that music video and how it seems like it's directed by Wes Anderson. Oh, just I, of the, the uh, way I'm it interested. moves. We should, we should show you, me that you, later. But yeah, um, but we are not stopping this prompt at Wes Anderson. No, absolutely not. It's going to be a Wes Anderson horror movie. However, the screenplay or the script, I suppose, mm. is written by H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I really love this prompt because um, I'm thinking exclusively of Moonrise Kingdom. I don't know if he does this in a lot of other movies. Okay. But, and I've talked to you about this before. Yeah. Where he'll do, um, there are two very specific scenes in Moonrise Kingdom that are kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, Where... Literally, smash cut, the girl has stabbed a kid oh, with yeah. a pair of scissors, right? Which was really surprising for me when mm-hmm. I first saw that. I didn't understand what happened. Yeah, because it, it doesn't show you it. It's just like flash cut of scissors and then an arrow. And it's like, that's that's a cool decision. That's yeah, a cool yeah. uh, um, editing thing. And I I had assumed that he shot him at first. Cause, like, not when I saw the wound or mm-hmm. the aftermath of it, but it's like, I don't know if... Like if uh, it, this is kind of weird to talk about if someone's listening to this and hasn't seen Moonrise, yeah. <laughs> but either way, it's pretty much this kid's running is biking up this. Oh hill. yeah, that kid fell like three stories. <laughs> yeah, that kid's dead. <laughs> is is like is riding his motorcycle up this hill towards a, another child who is holding. I'm assuming a BB gun. Yeah, it was just like an air air rifle. Um, towards him, and then it like hard cuts to like this little animation of of scissors, and then it's like really a distant wide angle shot mm. and then <laughs> like the, the motorcycle stuck in the hill yeah, in and the then, hill in the tree and the motorcycle stuck in the hill or in the tree and and what ended up happening was the girl stabbed him like in the side yeah like she just wheels around as he's like going past like, which yeah. is like pretty impressive but yeah, that's some ninja. really impressive and also the dog either way anyway Moonrise Kingdom Moonrise Kingdom and um, same with the, the earrings uh, yeah there's Moonrise a scene Kingdom. where um <laughs> The kid pierces um, the the girl's ears, and it's really with with hard. fish hooks. With fish hooks, it's yeah. really hard to watch. And it because it's it's flat out just like he gives her earrings, asks if her ears are pierced, and she like shakes her head, and then hard cut to her like screaming in a tent with blood running down <laughs> her face. Yeah, and it's like it's like really effective. Actually, I think it hard cuts right before he inserts the. 
I'm not too sure either way. You. But uh, it's like it's just it's a really effective and and yeah. really gross scene, and it really takes you out of that style, but in like, I mean, a good it's, way. I think I, I like Moonrise Kingdom a lot because it, it it does kind of encapsulate that that sort of like how children think mm-hmm. in that all, all of these children want to play this game and pretend to be like really serious, you know, yeah. um, which is think is like. We, Kids do that all the time, where yeah. it's like we we're in the military, you know, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. do that, yeah. um, or, or they they pretend to do like the Romeo and Juliet thing, or they yeah. pretend to do whatever dichotomies that they've seen, yeah. Um, and it's like that's a really like romantic thing, yeah. Um, like capital R romantic, yeah. Um, uh, and sort of hard cutting to 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 violence like that. Well, not not it's not even violence, but to yeah. hard cut to something like that. Um, it, it shows the other side of that, where it's it's their kind of the ch- children's kind of cavalier attitude to to blood and gore. Yeah, you know, where it's like it can affect them, but when you're caught up in that sort of so, tide. So, do you think this um, H.P. Lovecraft written Wes Anderson directed film would be involving would be involving children? I think it should. I, I think that would be really interesting. There's not. A whole lot, if any, H.P. Lovecraft stuff that is with children. Yeah. Um, but well, let's all right. Let's take. I, I think he can do that style really well because H.P. Lovecraft, all his stuff is about like. Save a couple things. He he overanalyzes a lot. Wait, hold on. Tries... Let's, before you go on this, we're gonna do this. We're gonna break down H.P. Lovecraft's writing. Not too long, because we could go... Yeah, no, I, I could talk but, at length about H.P. Yeah, Lovecraft. Yeah. But, like, we could just real quick take some tropes of his, and say, same thing with, with uh, Wes Anderson. We'll, we'll break down his... A, um, his, uh, his directing, Wes Anderson's directing. We'll break down, do a short breakdown of... Uh, okay, you brought something up. Um, H.P. Lovecraft in his style either describes nothing or everything. Okay. Because uh, in, like, one of my favorite short (laughs) stories by him, Nair Lafotep, he describes almost nothing, and you sort of get this descent into utter madness and and almost nonsensical writing by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a really effective piece. And then the other things that he does, like Call of Cthulhu... Or um, at the Mountains of Madness, he'll over describe things to the point where you don't really know what he's saying, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe intentional, may not be, because he yeah. was paid by the word. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know those old pulp writers. Um, but it gets to the point where it's like a rational man trying to describe what he's seeing and being unable to. Mm. And there's only one short story that I've read by him that sort of strikes that balance really well, where it's kind of a more traditional story with kind of a three-act structure, mm-hmm. which H.P. Lovecraft does. I mean, most things, most, any stories have three-act structures because it's, that's how life works. Yeah. But um, there's one short story that you could easily adapt into a really interesting yeah. sort of thing that I think Wes Anderson could really do. Western, Wes Anderson's directing style is, I think, could really fit because it, it oh, how do I describe this? Um, where he does like those those long pullbacks, those yeah, long yeah. tracking shots, yeah, um, the side views, kind of. and, and it's where you. I think I think you could really do it well. And the short story that I'm talking about is the music Varexon, which is a short story by H. B. Lovecraft, where uh, a man moves into an apartment on a street that he's never heard of, okay. and his neighbor above him is constantly playing music on uh, a veal, um, and he talks about how the music is unlike any other uh, strings music he's ever heard. And it's it's doesn't really have much melody. It doesn't really have any sort of rhythm to it. It's just very uh, kind of just esoteric, weird music. And he, he tries to go up to him and talk to him. And eventually one day he dies and or like he has to stop. And he's constantly like playing out of this window. Um, and one day like the window breaks because he stops playing and he sort of just looks into this void as uh, the, the main character looks into this void and some weird shit happens and he moves out of the apartment and he goes back to try and find it and he cannot find the street again. And he just has, he runs into no one that, that can tell him where it is. Um, and I think that would actually really work with um, Wes yes, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah. I think, because I'm imagining it now in this image that you've painted with, with this short film, it's like, or a short story, I just think. But it would essentially be a short film. I think so, yeah. I don't think you could have, like, a feature-length movie out of this. Um, Maybe. 
he's it's like you know he has that that like story like that like storybook side panel yeah. he always does of the front of the that thing. would be really cool like a cutout of uh, uh, like a half shot of the interior of the apartment yeah 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 and then um, and then like he, you have that pan over and it's like him downstairs and then the person playing upstairs and it's kind of this narration of him talking to himself you know about this hmm. and describing it to himself. And then he has some encounters with a couple of people outside of the place before he, like, loses the street. Yeah. Um, and he'll maybe even try to write a letter to <laughs> to, to the... Wes Anderson and his letters. And his letters. But, no, I, I think it'll be, like, in that... Just to really drive that Wes Anderson style, he'll, like, write a letter to him, try to contact him any way he can. Yeah, I... I think that'd be interesting. I actually really like this, and I think I think we could do... Something pretty cool here with this. Ooh. Yeah. I have some I have some good ideas now. But yeah. we should we should move on because that was quite a lengthy Yeah, and that wasn't what well, was it entirely take. Yeah, that yeah, was really yeah. serious. Yeah. Um I would I am I'd be very interesting idea though. I'd be very interested in seeing that movie. Yeah. Uh, the slimy ribbon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the slimy ribbon, keep in mind, is another prompt we Yeah, I'm, I'm not just kinda Exclaiming. <laughs> Just the slimy ribbon. Um, well, the slimy ribbon, oh man. Oh man. You cannot get your hands on this ribbon. <laughs> it's, it's going all over the place. It's not happening, you know? Boy, that ribbon sure is slimy. Yeah, I, th- I, think, <laughs> I don't think it goes any further than that, except for this ribbon that everyone wants, and you just can't get it. It's real. It's real. Either that, or like it's one of those movies where the title has nothing to do with the movie. That, or it's like a, the a, slimy ribbon. Like, that ribbon keeps betraying everyone it knows. You know? <laughs> I think we've actually just made a porn film, the slimy ribbon. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, can you imagine, like, you got a slimy ribbon. And you just, you like, shh, on the edge of a table with it, and you just, like, move it back and forth. And you're suggesting, just... like, a, a slimy ribbon ASMR? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually, actually, now that you've said that, I'm going to leave the room. Because uh, I actively don't want that to exist, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. If you ever, you did, like, the squee- squeegee? Do you know? Do you know does, that, does that word mean anything to you? No. Well, no. kind of. I know. Do, have you ever used anything to, 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 like, make anything out of paper mache? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where you have to, you have to like, put the, like, piece of newspaper between your fingers and you just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the slimy ribbon. Okay, that's a good... If I you like use that. a slippery ribbon, that's a... Slippery ribbon. The sleek train. Well. The sleek train. What's with these... Oh, well, this is from the movie generator. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on, let me... I'm, I'm gonna... Go ahead, yeah. You, a... you, you, you take a front seat with this. I've been reading too much. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, go on. Start reading them out. See what sticks. Uh, we're going to rapid fire some of these. Cause uh, yeah, absolutely. They're not, they're not very extensive. Uh-huh. The City of Cups, which is, <laughs> which is very Wait, did you, uh, do you remember um, the beginning of the Ch- Charlie Brown movie? No, not Charlie Brown. Charlie uh-huh. and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. where he's making a city out of just like spare parts, and he gets like the, the top of a toothpaste thing as like the final little bit on this city. You got a text by Steve Marnick, by the way. Why don't I text for Steve? What? I don't know. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Hold on. There's the the, the slow cat, <laughs> which is really just Garfield. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> That's kind of just Garfield. The shadow queen of the countryside. <laughs> the shadow queen of the countryside. Oh yeah. I think we need to change the word countryside to something else. Oh man, this movie generator is going down a dark tunnel. Oh no, what what is it? Uh, the town of cups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought this was gonna be good. I really had some money behind this. Oh no. Oh, this is good. Oh, I like this. I really. We can talk about this. The reluctant hunter of Toronto. Oh shit! It sounds like a Wes Anderson film. Oh no, keep that. That is beautiful. Okay. The reluctant hunter. He's I'm the not reluctant think, I'm not hunter. Thinking, I'm not thinking of Toronto's just you know the setting, and we can talk about that later. But let's talk about the fact that this hunter is very reluctant in what he wants to do. Most hunters that I've met are actually pretty zealous. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not thinking animal hunter. I'm thinking like bounty. people. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Because why else would you be so reluctant? Unless you you know I mean killing animals isn't my forte, but. 
I don't want to... If, if you're a hunter, I feel like that's kind of your thing, you know? I don't want to... Um, I don't want to talk about Max Landis in two episodes <laughs> in a row, but have you seen the film that he wrote, Mr. Right? I haven't. That is a movie about a hitman who, for whatever reason, he still gets business, but he kills the people who hire him because he's like, hey, killing people's wrong. I'm going to kill you. Um, okay. And so I think there's an element of that to the reluctant hunter. Maybe. I think he does his job. You Okay, so what you're thinking, what I'm thinking is sort of like a, like a Mike from Breaking Bad. Where oh. he's like, he's kind of just like an old guy. Yeah. He's really only doing his job to get by. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so, too. But only, like, what's the conflict of this movie? Um, why why, well, why does he The conflict's Toronto? right in the Tonto. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tonto? Like I the, tried to like say... Like the Native American Tonto? <laughs> I tried to say title, and you said Toronto <laughs> at the same time, and I was like, Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from the... Uh, oh, no. Oh, my God. No, it's right in the title. He's very reluctant about being a hunter. You know, this is a, this is a struggle for him. He's, he it's doesn't weird. want to be doing this. Is this, like, a really close, like, character study? If, if so, I think we could do, like, we could get the Coen brothers on this. Oh, maybe. Yeah? I mean, <laughs> maybe. I think, mm-hmm. I think it should be, um, he's, he's getting hired. He's just doing this for money. He's go back, he goes back home every night to his really, really, like, crappy, like, run-down apartment. Absolutely. And, um, and he's just, like, really upset with himself. And I think it should end with him either turning himself in or turning in whatever... His tax returns. <laughs> to run. What, did we have a tax return? Did we had we... Nick Offerman's tax returns. That was yeah. what it was. No, but he's just, like... Or he's sending the police... <laughs> we have another tax-related movie in, in the docket. <laughs> um, we should... But, like, he... He sends the police to whoever's hiring him, or he just turns himself in at the end. Oh man, he he makes some sacrifice. I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be like a little bit like a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we could go back to the old adage of having Christopher Nolan do it, but I don't. I'll be honest. We've had a couple. Christopher I don't really Nolan. like Christopher Nolan a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, I don't either. But we re- <laughs> we reference him a lot in this on this podcast. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think we know enough directors. <laughs> I don't think we do either. What um, other directors are there? Dennis Villeneuve. Well, I could also just... Be oh, like, actually, I think he's a cinematographer, so it doesn't matter. I could matter. just be, like, the director of this film. Yeah. So. Oh, do you think it could be, like... I think it was Dennis Villeneuve. He's French, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or, Ital- or whatever. Um, he's a guy... I think it was uh, the director or cinematographer of Enemy. Jake That's what I was... I was just going to say... You were thinking say, of that? I was just going to say who directed... Not enemy, um, Nightcrawler. Night I haven't Crawler. seen Nightcrawler yet, but the tone that that brings from just the trailer is very interesting and the reluctant. Nightcrawler is an interesting movie. I we can't talk about it. I haven't seen it. I need to see it. It's a good movie. Okay. Um, but I think I think, but this title screams Wes Anderson. I just don't know if we if we have it in us for another Wes. Anderson I don't think movie. I don't think Wes Anderson. I think this is a very dark movie. I don't know if Wes Anderson okay. could do this. Uh, and I mean, I I'm mean, just I'm just talking to the title. in terms I'm of like just talking the title. Okay. It's a very, like, parody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that what this is, is it's sort of a character study, where it, like an Inside Lewin Davis, where it just sort of really <laughs> closely, um, <laughs> where it really closely follows this guy, this yeah. reluctant hunter of Toronto. Um, and at the end, he, like, he's always talking about, like, doing the right thing. And then at the end, he, um, like, during one of his hits, like, he gets the police called on him, and to escape, he has to kill like a bunch of the police, and like it's this huge moral quandary for him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think and then it's... he's like, I'm not just killing. Yeah, I'm not just killing the people I'm hired to kill. Like I'm... I read a script like this once. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Oh man. Mm. Whoops. Also, in suggestion for the movie film name generator is um, random fan fiction prompt generator. Oh yes, which please. is a whole podcast in itself. Can we do one? Can we do one or two of those? Okay. Just just to pad out the okay. length of this podcast right now. Oh, that is Does it is it is it even good? Um <laughs> This one's just they bump into each other in a cafe, which is very popular. Oh, it's one of Oh, okay. Spin it's like the a... bottle. One is about to commit suicide. What? It's caught by the other. What kind of fi- what the like, fuck? <laughs> this is not as cool as I thought it was going to be. No. They are childhood friends, but years later, one working, one's working overseas, but returns to see his or her parents. 
I don't. I don't like Let's that. go back to the moon. There's also a film book name generator, which a book what is just is... a film. On paper. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, go on. Oh, this is the same thing. Oh. That we just had. What? That's weird. I guess, yeah. Um... The Farm of Cups. <laughs> the Farm of Cups? What's Why? with the cups? Yeah, I don't know. Can, okay, so we have a trilogy of films, and it's the Cup Trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And it's Farm of Cups, City of Cups, Town, and town of, of cups. cups. Yeah. No, I think it, it should go Farm, Town, City. I think it should go Town, Farm, City. Why is that? Oh, just, uh, just the thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> have you seen Night of Cups with... Uh, uh, Christian oh, Bale. I just skipped on that. I, is that is that an actual movie? Yeah, that is an actual Night movie. Night of Cups. Yeah. And Christian Bale was it? Yeah. I've never seen it. I haven't either, but I saw the trailer and it looked pretty interesting. The retired prince could be interesting. That's just a dead prince. They don't <laughs> retire. They can't. <laughs> oh, a dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because Prince is dead? Yeah. Oh. Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> that's what I thought. No. Is I said, well, he's just a dead prince. Oh. They, and then I went, ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah. We can't release this podcast anymore. The government will come after us. <laughs> for bad jokes. <laughs> no, um, for because Prince. Getting... <laughs> what? <laughs> this is just a porn. Getting it like a queen. <laughs> Which... Come on, can we combine two and have getting it like a fly? (laughs) (laughs) Getting it like a prince? Getting it like a queen. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. That's bad. The shady girl of Sweden. Oh, my God. I just got a great idea. Go ahead. Hit me with it. Pitch pitch me your movie. Alternate universe where Sweden enters World War II because of this one girl. uh, Do they not? Were they not in World War II? No. They're neutral. Like, through every war ever. Switzerland. Sweden, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm 100%. I, oh. I'm 99%. I'm okay. I shouldn't say 100%. I'm, I'm 85%. <laughs> okay, just hit me with this, then. So now I'm, I'm going to look this I have to look this no, up. No, I promise you, Sweden was neutral. Look it up. I'm looking it up, but pitch me. Pitch okay. me while I look it up. Well, no, because there's going to be keyboard clicking, and I might have to edit this out. <laughs> so if I edit it out. Sweden during World War II. Shit, you're right. <laughs> okay. Oh, Sweden was neutral during World War II. Pitch me your move. So, um, this is an alternate universe where Sweden enters the war. But this is like a, um, well, this is kind of like an Inglorious Bastards kind of, you know, alternate World War II universe. Do you want to bring Tarantino on this? Who maybe. Oh, <laughs> I do now. I do now. I do now. Um, yeah, so. Can, can, do you think Tarantino's got another World War II movie in him? Uh, yeah, he's got a whole. He, yeah, he could do it. <laughs> I, I have you seen the amount of western films he's done? I think he can two? do two. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, so he can do two World War Two movies. Okay, <laughs> uh, I accept. Uh, no, I think he's done three westerns. What's the other one? Yeah. Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, and Nothing. Yeah, that's true. But he did them back. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. He did. He did them back to back though. So he did do them back to back. All right. Well, either way. So it just seemed like more. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> They're also a really long movie. <laughs> they might as well be like four different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, also, I kind of... Django Chain. I kind of consider Kill Bill Western. What? It's just, Eastern, it's, if anything else. In style. She spends half of it in Asia. No, but like, in style, you know? Just like the way that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the opening of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were doing... <laughs> <laughs> no, I was singing Chariots of Fire. Oh, um, um, no, but so this th- it's World War, it's alternate universe, but you don't know from the start of the film. Like, you just think it's World War II is happening. Can, can I stop you for a second? Okay. Do you remember? And I mean, this is complete, I'm completely unrelated. Yeah. Do you remember um, Sonic vs. Mario Olympics? Yeah. Where they had the commercial with the final countdown playing in the background? <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember. Well, that. I remember it, and it's beautiful. That's Continue a, with your pitch. I'm so right. sorry. So it's. um. It's a World War II film that takes place in an alternate universe. However, you, when you first start the film, you don't know that. You don't know it takes place in an alternate right, universe. Right, just like Inglorious Bastards. It's just like Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Quentin Tarantino's been filming this, so it's going to be pretty brutal. But it, I want it to be a little more lighthearted, especially at first than most 
Quentin film, most of Quentin, my boy, <laughs> my, 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 fr- friend my close Quentin's friend film. Quentin's films. And, um, and so this girl's like, somehow, like she's the daughter of someone really high up in the Swedish government. The czar of Sweden. Sure. Was it Switzerland or Sweden that their whole government just got on a plane crash and died? Oh, I am not. I think that was Poland, actually. Oh, that was yeah. Poland. You're right. Never mind. Okay. So, um, so this she's the she's the daughter of someone like really high up in, in Sweden, and just like through like being a brat, like just being an awful child. She's an absolute abhorrent yeah. bitch. Yeah. She's just like she somehow gets this guy, this the dad, in in a mood where he just gets Sweden into World War Two, and then it's like Sweden like gets tor- like tan- like torn up. Like there's a reason they didn't enter World War Two. In our universe. And this girl, it ends with this girl kind of just being really like, like the whole film, she's like really unknowing of what she did. But at the end, at the very end, she gets a little smirk. And then it's like, did she mean to do this? What's going on with this kid? Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if he he would do that, though. I I don't know. I feel like with that ending. If I'm the big exact. who, Who directed? You directed Fight Club, David Fincher. Yeah, I think that's more of a David Fincher. Yeah, I can see it. I don't know. It seems a bit clean for David Fincher. That's true. He directed Seven, so... Room, room of Bonnets. Room of what? Bon- bonnet, bonnets. Bonnets? Bonnets. Like the little... Yeah. Huh. Room of them. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Too many, one the might say. The <laughs> cradle. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Dave anymore, are we? Who? Da- Dave. <laughs> Last episode we had too many. No, I yeah, I know. I <laughs> well, I don't. I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> the sandy day. What does that mean? <laughs> it's like this. It's the the premise of Spec Ops: The Line, oh my where it's just there's a giant sandstorm. It's like a really cutesy, like once again Wes Anderson film about a sandstorm. Oh my god. The sandy day. The stinky paper. That's just adorable. The Ooh. genius cat of Sweden. That's just sweet. Look, I this movie generation kind of running really me dry. Not. It's I don't know. It's running me dry too. So, let's let's check Audacity for that time stamp. Yeah. So we got we got a. Oh, we want, got fifty two. Yeah, this is pretty good. But I think before before we wrap up, sure. Because we went, we didn't really have an idea that we stuck with this episode. Sure. That's uh, and that's it's that's gonna happen. There's like we we can't always have a happy Veterans Day, Charlie hey, you Brown. Know what we never did. No, that's exactly what I'm going okay. with. Is do you want to tell me how your pitch meetings went for? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld's C movie, Batman and Robins, and Happy Veterans Day, Charlie Brown. Because I know that you went and met with Universal. I did. I and did. Columbia. I met with them, and they're a tough crap. They are a tough let crap. Me, let me tell you. Especially for um, a young boy such as yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, who's um, never written anything ever. Yeah. And um, they were. And they whose were, ideas are all based off of IPs. They were a little reluctant, uh, like that hunter in Toronto um, yeah. at first, to, to even give me a chance, mm-hmm. you know? But I was like, hey. And I was like, hey, kill some cops. Yeah. And so that was a really weird reference. That's like really. <laughs> but that, I went back to the. No, I know. But oh. it was just really hard to right. decode. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I went up to them and I was like, hey, Universal slash Columbia. Well, they're know? different. They're different studios. I know, but they were all there. Oh, I thought they, they, they were fighting all three movies. Oh my god, that's yeah, beautiful. I know, and they were all like, it was kind of like a Shark Tank. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. Uh, I have seen Shark Tank. Yeah, and so like I give them my idea, and they all. And so what I I, I first laid down Jerry Seinfeld's C movie, and immediately they made me move on because they weren't very happy about getting Jerry Seinfeld anywhere near them ever again mm. after B movie. Right. Yeah. Um, which was upsetting. You know, I had uh-huh. high hopes for it. But I couldn't even get it out, which is fine. That's Wait, you, like, you said Jerry Seinfeld, and they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I wanted to stay there and get the other two pictures, so they let me stay. Oh, really? Nice. That's nice. So how did um, how did Batman and Robins go? Okay, well, Batman and Robins. Well, it was funny because um, Christopher, Christopher Nolan was there. What? Yeah, he was there. I don't know why. He was just like kind was of Zack like, Snyder there too? Yeah, no. Oh, that's probably for the best. <laughs> And he was like, he, he, I saw his eyes. You saw him. I you saw, saw his ears perk up like yeah, a little cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like a little cat. He is a cat. Um, and uh, Universal took it. Universal took they Batman took, and Robbins. They took. Well, that's a great. I think that was one of our like actual movie ideas. Yeah. So I'm pretty happy. About Universal that. took Batman and Robbins, uh, and I guess we're gonna have to find out in, in due time. Uh, I do a question though. 
which Batman and Robins? Did it go with the birds, or did it go with the the cool military Batman? You know, uh, Brian, I because I I know that you were really attached to the birds, but I thought that we agreed on the military. Brian, I wanted to move on before you brought this up, but I guess I'm just gonna have to break this to you. Universal took my Jared Robinson. <laughs> Jared Robinson. Universal took my pitch for Batman and Robins, as in Batman is a dad for a bunch of Robins. We can never get my movie made. <laughs> Which is even weirder why Christopher Nolan's a year's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they took it and um, they took the he's script. He's a really big fan of birds. <laughs> they took Because he's a cat. And they changed it so much. Oh, that it, now it looks like mine. Well, it looks like yours because the the robins, the, the birds rebelled. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and then, for a page one I, and then they, they and then I pitched um, Happy Veterans Day, Charlie Brown, um, and I guess the best way I can I can explain to you um, like how they took that is we are no longer allowed to pitch ideas to Universal <laughs> Studios. Um, so that's we're, a little upsetting. We're banned from the premises. <laughs> so that's a little upsetting. And for these next movies, I don't know where I'm going to go, but we'll figure it well, out. Well, I think um, with the movies that we have right now, which are some pretty goddamn weird movies, sure. I think we could go with um, Oscilloscope Pictures. Are you familiar with them? I don't. I think they're a publishing I house. I don't. That's uh, <laughs> not the right. Uh, they they, they uh, published or made or funded or whatever. Uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, okay. Um, the movie Howl, which was like literally just transcripts of the Howl Obscenity trial. Uh-huh. But they do some weird stuff. Um, and I think, uh, I think it could work. Okay. Uh, Especially so I, for that Wes Anderson HP Lovecraft. Yeah. So is that, uh, what, what, what pitches uh, do you want to go with? Um, Definitely the Wes Anderson HP Lovecraft because we spent enough time I think on so. The, the music of Eric Zahn. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, how about, do you want to, do you want to stick with um, Flesh Pasta? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Definitely. So Flesh Pasta. Flesh Pasta. Music of Eric Song. Music, which, yeah, Music of Eric Song. Uh, Machete Trackstar, question mark? Mm. What else? What, what well, else? we have Panic at the Crisco to fall back on, and Bird Punisher. Ooh. Oh, Bird Punisher, then. Bird yeah. Punisher? Bird Punisher, Flesh Pasta, and the Wes Anderson HP collab. I think those are the three. Reasons. How about what about the Orphanage Revolution? Oh, that I was guess good we too. Didn't, we, didn't sp- we didn't spend a whole lot. We of time didn't spend enough time on that. Though, um, and we already have too much Christopher Nolan going on. We do. Um, I don't even, really like him. I don't really like him either. You, and also, he's I kind of got that face. I'm thinking about like orphans with like like an or- orphan. I don't, and I don't want to let <laughs> Christopher Nolan anywhere near children at all ever. It's just he's. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like an orphanage revolution with Hans Zimmer scores. Hans Zimmer. That's 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 a that's a topic for another day. So but flesh pasta. Flesh pasta. Music breaks on. Let's just throw some directors on this. Flesh pasta directed by. Oh, I think it's because this is comedy. This is a really good yeah. Scene. I don't I don't know oh, any comedy. Oh, direct- um, oh, do you want to do no, the guy? Who, the guy who directed um, Hot Hot Fuzz. Oh, uh, yeah, Edgar Wright. Ed, Edgar Wright. Okay, yeah. so Edgar Wright for flesh pasta. Yeah, I think so. We'll have um, for oh for Bird Punisher, that's tough, but. Quentin. You want to do Quentin with Bird Punisher? Yeah. If we do Quentin with Bird Punisher, I think it has to be a man who punishes birds. Oh, no. It's a bird. I don't know if Quentin can we're pull that Quentin, off. We're taking Quentin out of his Quentin element. loves humans. I know. I know. He's in love with probably a few. And their feet. He, Quentin Tarantino has a foot, a foot fetish. Yeah, I don't know. So, <laughs> but like I, a comedic, or maybe if we don't get Quentin Tarantino, but we definitely mock Quentin's style a lot in Bird Punisher. Yeah. Because it is a comedy. But bang, and it's just a bird explodes. <laughs> and then we so have... what happens when you shoot a bird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they explode. And then what... And then we have Wes Anderson, obviously, mm-hmm. directing. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's it. I think that wraps up this week's... Screen playing. Yeah, uh, well, I guess, sure, this has been screen playing. Um, yeah. It was a very, very sort of frenetic episode, but I, it think, was. We, I think we nailed some, some good concepts. Yeah, and I think we're still going to have to kind of find our rhythm yeah. with this podcast. I think maybe maybe we'll bring on a guest soon at some point. Oh, maybe. we we will bring on a guest very yeah. soon. Um, hope, I'm hoping by after episode three, things should start. I think I think we'll do three three episodes, and then maybe we'll try, try, and, try some new, new things. Yeah, and uh, hopefully this would be... 
on like the iTunes podcast thing and all. That. At some point, yeah. We have we have hopes and dreams. We this. we have some, um, not me though. They died a while ago. Uh, so, yeah. So welcome. Uh, I'm not welcome. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye to screenplaying. And we'll see you. I have week. been Brian Murray. I have always been Jared Robinson. Uh, and if you come back next week, I will be Brian Murray, and he will be Jared Robinson. But if you don't, then we won't. Yeah. So. Goodbye. Thanks for listening.